Everybody, welcome to Leadership Reflections, a collection of leadership podcasts by me, Barry Dorr. Today, I'm following on from last week's podcast when I spoke about feedback, the uh, importance in any role of getting regular feedback, and that that feedback is the oxygen that enables people to improve, to, to become better at doing their role. And it's essential, I believe, that leaders strive to get that feedback go out of their way to get it, are almost obsessive about getting it, uh, and then reflect on it, learn from it, and action things as a result. Uh, And I mentioned last week a couple of times about this um, net promoter score as a way of uh, collecting information on customer satisfaction. Uh, And my view, my premise today, is that the net promoter score is the catalyst that can lead to a transformation of the way in which you delight your customers. And also, there's an added premise here, that um, it can also act just as well as a staff satisfaction measure, and again can lead to a transformational difference in the way that um, your people engage with you and deliver for you, if it's used correctly. And I think it's an amazing tool. Many people will have heard of it. Um, It started off, uh, it's been created by a guy called Fred Reshold. I'm holding the book in my hand now. The book is called The Ultimate Question been published a few years now. Um, the underscoring of the ultimate question on the cover is driving good profits and true growth. Fred Rescheld, um works for a company or works for a company called Baines and Company in the uh, US. These people always seem to be from the US, don't they? Um, and uh, a bit of a guru on customer satisfaction. So we'll start off by focusing on customer satisfaction. And later on, I'd like to just say a word or two about staff satisfaction. Here's Fred Rescheld's principles. What he says is that Far too often, the way in which organisations collect customer service feedback is just far too cumbersome. So it goes something like this. They send out a survey to their people, so to their customers. Uh, Customer gets a survey. It could be anywhere. It could be arriving by email. It could be arriving by post. It could be uh, on a card or on an aeroplane or something. It it basically, uh, it's several pages long. It's a customer satisfaction survey, which is several pages long. Uh, it asks lots and lots of detailed questions, and um, frankly, many people don't fill it in because they just would lose the will to live if they did. Uh, some do fill it in and they submit it, and uh, the results are tabulated by uh, people in the company. And eventually, about three months later, they arrive at the uh, decision makers, the management teams, the board's uh, table. Uh, at which point, they are completely out of date. They're presenting historical information uh, and far too much of it. To be able, and too often, 
it's impossible, impossible to see the wood for the trees to cut through all this and to get to the, n the nitty gritty of what actually needs to change to improve customer satisfaction. So the first principle is that other ways of doing it in the past are just cumbersome. Uh, and the, the idea behind the Net Promoter Score is that it's the most simple possible of customer satisfaction measures. They only ask one question, plus a supplementary, and it's done in a way that if you use it properly, it can be acted on immediately. It can make quite an extraordinary difference. And I think you know that many organisations are now using this. So Reshold's um, next principle is you only, do, you only need to ask that one question plus a supplementary. That's all you need to do. You don't need pages of scores. But you need to give something which gives you an opportunity of monitoring progress, but even more importantly, of being able to act in real time on information received and um, to make a difference to improve what you do with measuring again and again and again and improving customer satisfaction. His other principle, Rashold, which is uh, just common sense, I guess, is that your best customers are your loyal ones. You want to build loyal customers, people who are your promoters, because your loyal customers will uh, support you by returning time and time again. But in addition to that, in addition to that, will tell people. They'll tell people how good you are. They are your promoters. They go out of their way to tell people how good you are. And therefore, pretty obviously, the more you can build customer loyalty, the more you can have people promoting your business, the more you can be able to drive sustainable long-term profitability. And that's all the principle is. And what Rachel says is that uh, you only need to ask one, one question plus a supplementary. And the question is, how likely would you be to whatever, visit this uh, restaurant again, um, tell your friends, let me start again. How likely would you be to recommend this restaurant to a friend? How likely would you be to recommend this flight today to a friend? How likely would you be to recommend this hotel to a friend? How, long, how likely would you be to recommend whatever service to a friend? And they ask you to score 0 to 10. Uh, 0 to 10, that's what they ask people to do. Score you 0 to 10 on how likely they'd be, where 0 is the lowest score you can give and 10 is the highest. 10 is basically, I would absolutely recommend you, it's been brilliant. And 0 is probably close to, I'd rather be sick in a bucket than I'd recommend you. So, um, 0 to 10. And the second question is why? So why have you scored it a 4 or a 5 or a 7 or a 9? That's the only two questions that are asked. And this is what happens with it. The results come back in uh, in real time and are analysed. First of all, to give a customer satisfaction score and therefore to be able to measure progress over time. People who score you 9 and 10, 9 and 10 only, are your loyal promoters. Really important this. Because sometimes we think, well, surely I think 7 or 7 or 8, 8 out of 10 would be great. They must be loyal. No, 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 no. People who score you 9 and 10 only are your promoters. They love you. They are going to use you again. And maybe even more importantly, we'll tell others. So let's assume this was um, a restaurant. They will tell you that you're great. They'll come back next week. They'll tell their friends, it's a great restaurant you should try. Go and try that restaurant. It was really great. And you can use this for anything, anything, to any type of customers. Internal customers as well, by the way. Internal customers as well. People who score you seven and eight are passive. 
they don't dislike you, they, they've got no real problems with you, but they're not going to recommend you. They may come back again, but frankly, they can easily be stolen away by competitors because um, a lot of competition out there, there's some good competitors, and it's easy for them to take them, you, your customer off you if they regard you as a seven or eight, but it's still seven or eight, and then they ask the question, why? If they score you naught to six, to varying degrees, they are detractors. There is a problem in their relationship with you. They will choose, if they can, to go, over, go elsewhere. And I say choose if they can. Because if, for example, you're on a certain train commute route outside London, probably the only way you can get into work is via that train. So you are stuck in that relationship, which doesn't mean that you're remotely happy with that relationship. Not to six, you will lose people who score you not to six if they've got an alternative. And also, they will rubbish you to varying degrees to others. So... What really would can you just use that restaurant? Oh, I wouldn't. Went there last week. Really bad experience, etc. So from that, they can derive via this system. You can derive your customer satisfaction score, and it's simply the percentage of people who score you nine and ten take away the percentage of people who are your detractors who score you naught to six. So the seven and eight people are eliminated from the survey in terms of the result and the net promoter score at this time. So if 100 people were surveyed, and I'm doing this on top of my head so I hope the maths work, if 100 people were surveyed, 50 people scored you 9 and 10, 20 people scored you 7 and 8, and 30 people scored you 0 to 6, your net promoter score, that's easy to put in percentages, isn't it? Your net promoter score would be 50% minus 30%, which gives you a net promoter score 50 minus 30, of plus 20, plus 20. I hope that, that makes sense to you. Just Google Net Promoter Score or the ultimate question if it doesn't or, or get hold of the book. and It's all there to read about. And I've actually got a, um, uh, a blurb I've written summarising this, so if you want that, just ask me. Just ask me. Um, and it's possible, obviously, to get a Net Promoter Score, which ranges from minus 100, where everybody would be detractors, heaven help your business, um, up to plus 100, where everybody would be scoring you 9 and 10. Rachel's research showed um, in the book a direct link between a sustainably high net promoter score of promoters and sustainable long-term growth and profitability in the business. He was able to prove that link. And I've got no doubt that link is there. And of course, you can, mo you can monitor your net promoter score over time. If you did this survey once a week, you had real-time once a month, sorry, once a month, whatever, you'd have real-time uh, information on um, how you're progressing. Is your net promoter score decreasing, increasing, whatever? And incidentally, Richard believes that a plus 50 net promoter score gives you long-term sustainable competitive advantage. And anything plus, a plus 20, plus 10, is actually not a bad place to be to start with as you build from there. It is very, very easy with a net promoter score to get a minus score. Very, very easy. Uh, you can have a minus score with 20% of people scoring you promoters, 25% of people scoring detracting from you, uh, and uh, 60, quick maths here, 65% of people being um, uh, passive, sevens and eights. So you actually, 80% of your people scored you over seven. You think about that. Your net promoter score is still naught, so it is a really, really tough measure. But in a way, that's what makes it so brilliant. 
here's the thing though, it's the second question, it's the why. That allows for, in the moment, in real-time action, if you choose to, to um, present it in a way that can happen. So you imagine a management team meeting every Monday morning to plan the week and respond to things that have happened the previous week. And every single week, a net, promoter, a net promoter survey lands on their desk for the previous week. Let's propose, let's suggest this is, let's stick with a restaurant. We, we've already been using this as, as an example, haven't we? And the net promoter score is poor. And they look at the whys. Why? Food cold, too expensive, poor atmosphere, rude staff, whatever. Or they get a very high net promoter score. Look at the scores. Why? Great staff, great surroundings. Or seven and eight. Great staff. Actually a bit expensive. What that enables them to do in the moment is act if they choose to. It's got real-time information. They know their score. They've received a whole number of whys from people who have scored them each, whatever number they've scored. That allows them to understand where they are in the moment and to take action to sort something. So if there's an issue of a particular... Um, well, it could be anything, couldn't it? It could be absolutely anything. But if you target down on that issue, if you know what the issue is in real time, you can do something about it, re-survey re the following week, see results, etc. So I do absolutely commend the Net Promoter Score to you as a really powerful way of testing customer satisfaction. And you can choose the mechanics of doing it in any way you choose. I think capturing people at a, an early point is important. So a hotel as they check out, a rest, so you're not surveying them a week later or two weeks later. I mean, you could bring them up the next day, but I think it begins to lose validity. Uh, a, a restaurant, uh, as people left at the end of the evening, as, as they paid the bill or whatever. Um, and I, I think a degree of an anim, anonymity, anonymity is important. So if you can have a third party doing it or somewhere where you click that information where people, uh, it's, it's likely to lead to people being more honest and truthful in that feedback and more willing to feedback indeed. So whatever kind of business you're running, whatever kind of service you're running, if you've got customers, external customers, consider the net promoter score. I think it's a massive opportunity to take you forward. Equally, you could use it for internal customers. Many people in organisations have internal customers. They supply something to those internal customers. You could be a, an IT function in an organisation. As an IT function in an organisation, you provide a service, as HR do, as some finance do throughout the organisation. You've got internal customers, people who are customers of you within the organisation. So... Measure them in exactly the same way as you, would ex as you would external customers. How likely would you be to recommend the service we provide to a colleague, for example? You know, whatever. Just, you know, just, just slightly change the, the essence of the question in that regard, or still keeping it uh, very close to the original. Same information. Collect the information. Understand the scores. Act, act, act. Very, very powerful. This is another example of acting on feedback, wanting the feedback, acting on it, but actually doing so um, in an organised way where you monitor your scores and you can do something with the uh, information. My final point tonight is do not try and change the question or add more questions. I've seen it done where um, people say, oh, we've got to ask about this and what do they find there? What do they do? Trust the system as Rachel sets it out. Stick to the original two questions. Do not add three more or five more or ten more questions on. 
is detracting from the simplicity of the um, of the uh, initiative of the way of doing it. The other thoughts on this is that um, this is really important as well. It can be used as a really effective staff satisfaction tool. And I've worked on this with numerous organisations, many of whom still run it now. And they agree it's made a massive difference to staff engagement and satisfaction. Imagine this, twice a year or whatever, you uh, survey your people. And again, it's just simple. One question plus a supplementary. How likely would you be to recommend working in this department for this company, for this organisation, for this charity, to a friend? How likely would you be to recommend working here to a friend? Not to 10, and why? Again, real-time feedbacks. You're not waiting three months before presenting the results of the staff survey, and it never goes anywhere after that. You're presenting it the following day, the following week. Following day, the following week. And again, you'll have a net promoter score. Rushold never checked it. Uh, Rushold never talked about it in the ultimate question as being a staff satisfaction measure. It's there as a customer satisfaction measure. I can absolutely demonstrate through proof with several organisations that it works for both really, really effectively. Same principle. You can take the people who score you 9 and 10, take off the people who score you 0 to 6, and you get a net promoter score for your staff satisfaction. And again, it's the whys. Where this goes across a whole organisation, you will have a comprehensive set of whys people have scored it. You can analyse, you can pull out conclusions. You can see how if you pull certain levers that you can pull if you choose to, you can build your staff satisfaction. You can monitor your score and build staff satisfaction. I've seen this work so well with organisations who take this really seriously, including one I work with. We've been doing this for a number of years and have really made a difference as a result by really monitoring all the time. And I work with another organisation, a function in that organisation, which focused on this as their measure, alongside a whole series of actions resulting from what they learned. And over time, moved a net promoter score from a negative figure into the plus 50 territory. A really incredible piece of turnaround in the culture and leadership within an organisation, measured by the net promoter score as a staff satisfaction survey. So I've got to bring it on about it a bit today, I'm sorry, but I recommend it to you wholeheartedly in both instances. So Google it, ask me for the sheets I've got, find the book, The Ultimate Question, Fred Reschold. Um, it's a really powerful tool, both as a customer satisfaction survey and a staff satisfaction survey. And to come back to the premise, I genuinely believe that it can be the catalyst to make a transformational change in your customer loyalty numbers, to make a transformational change in your staff uh, engagement. And through doing both of those, you will build an even more effective organisation and you will drive long-term sustainability measured by profitability or results, other results by delivery to stakeholders, whatever it is, whatever it is for you. Your business, your charity, your organisation will improve, improve, improve if you adopt these uh, ways of working. That was uh, Leadership Reflections, a um, collection of leadership podcast by me, Barry Dore. Um, back next week. Until then, bye-bye.
Still so many answers I don't